0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How many of you guys are ready for a continuation? Did everybody grab their uh, notes on their way in? I had some people really heckling me today about uh, those notes, and so uh, I hope that we won't have to throw them out. Our ushers are trained in that, and so uh, heckling will not be tolerated, and there will be a test at the end of the service. So... um, For those of you that are uncertain about that, you need to be certain that that is what's going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, and I also had another complaint about the size of the text. Okay, so listen, here's the deal. I have some thoughts on that, but I'm gonna leave those to myself. As you guys do this. Listen, I had to get it all on one page or you would've been complaining that it was on two pages. It's like, I can't win. We need to pray. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. We thank you, Father, for uh, this time today and your word. Father, we know that it's not uh, words of man's wisdom, but Father God, it is your power that changes lives and hearts. And so, Father God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would speak today into our lives Help us to see those things which we need to see. Help us to change that which we need to change and adjust what we need to adjust, Father God. And we thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we started a series entitled uh, Being Certain in Uncertain Times. And I just felt that it was, uh, you know, just in the times that we are living in today that, uh, you know, there's times that we find ourselves to be uncertain, and uh, But uh, the word of God is very, very clear about uh, enabling us or empowering us to be certain. And uh, But there, there are some definite, some definite things that we have to do, you know, uh, in order to bring ourselves or should I say move ourselves from a place of uncertainty into a place of certainty. And I hope that you understand today that, that in uncertain times, you can be certain. And uh, last week I had shared that I had, bought, I w- I had gone to this place uh, uh, on a Saturday morning after Will's football game because he was hungry and I was hungry. And so I went and got this, this giant breakfast burrito. And it was amazing. I, I, I was just like enamored with it, and I, I actually spoke into existence because it was not even but two days later that I went back to this place, and I thought that I had bought the, the biggest burrito that they sell. But I can tell you and actually, my wife has a picture on her phone I just didn't want to embarrass myself but this, this burrito that I had I think it was on Tuesday, was so big that I had to have two hands. To hold it. It was amazing. Now, and you're probably wondering, did you eat it all? Absolutely. I ate it all with certainty. And you can be certain I will be going back to this place. And and I will share the name of it, but I'm not sure if I want to. So. <laughs> but we talked about things in life that we're certain of. We talked about things in life that we're uncertain of. And... Uh, we be, we began talking about uh, some of these things, and we defined certainty as this, that certainty is defined as to know for sure, to know something for sure, or to be established beyond doubt. So if we're going to be certain, we have to know something for sure. We have to be established beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I'm here today to tell you that that this certainty in life cannot be, you know, like we, we joked about last week and I joke about a burrito. It can't be based on the things in life that we're certain of when it comes to man's wisdom or what it is that we know to be true. I had joked last week that uh, I can be certain that when I sit in a recliner, the, the, the uh, remote will be nowhere to be found. I sat in the recliner yesterday, the remote, nowhere to be found you know, and so so there's there's there are those things in life that we can uh, you know that we can kind of joke about and laugh about, but the word of God is certain and it is sure and we can be established beyond doubt in our lives. We can know for sure. But, you know, instability in our lives is the result of being double-minded. Last week we looked at James uh, chapter 1 verse 8 and it says that a, a man of two minds is unstable and reliable. And and uncertain about everything that he thinks, feels, and decides. And so when we are double-minded, when we when we go back and forth between certainty and uncertainty, James calls this being unstable. He says that it's called being double-minded and we will be unreliable, we will be unstable. And, and I don't know about you, but in the times that we live and in, in the things that we are surrounded by, I don't want to be uh, like James it, uh, says, I don't want to be a person that's double-minded. No, I want to be a single-minded man who is stable and reliable in all of my ways. But I know that in order to do that, in order to be stable in my life, it has to be founded upon God's power, upon his word. And we looked at that last week. And in your notes, this point that we made last week, and I want to make it again, is is that stability is determined by what our faith is in. Stability is determined by what our faith is in. And it must be founded in the power of God. We looked at 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. It says that our faith cannot rest in the wisdom of men. It cannot rest in the wisdom of men, but it must rest in the power of God. And so my question to you today is, is what is it that your faith rests in does it rest in the wisdom of men or the wisdom of people that are around you or in your own you know, opinions and what you think, or does it rest in the power of God? And I think that when we talk about this, this idea of the power of God, th- there can be a question in your mind or a question in our minds of what is the power of God? And, and uh, you know, when you look this up and you study this out, very simply put, the power of God is his ability to, to perform. And so my question to you today is, is is your faith and is your trust and is your understanding, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is able to move and to perform in your life? Because I think sometimes in life we go down the road of life and, and, and he may not move the way that you think. He may not do what it is that you think. And what ends up happening is, is that you move from that position of of your faith and your trust in his power and in his ability to in moving to your own thoughts and your own ideas because he maybe didn't do or follow through or 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 it didn't happen the way that you wanted it to and what ends up happening is is that your certainty moves from the power of God to your own self and the wisdom of men. And so it's imperative that we, that our faith rests and lies in the power of God. And, and you may say, but you don't understand everything that's going on. You know, everything that's going on in this world, it just doesn't seem like, you know, God is, is working and what is it that's going on. But you need to understand that no matter what we face, no matter what goes on, he 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 has a power and ability and he wants to work and he wants to move and he wants to 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 be a part of our lives. But we have to understand that he has not stopped working, he is not limited, he is not restricted by what it is that's going on in this earth today. He still moves, he still has power, he still has ability. And what he needs is, is he needs believers to believe in that power and believe in that ability. But I think what a lot of believers are doing is, is that they're, what they believe and what they, they, their faith is based upon is, is the wisdom of men. And so the hand of God or the power and the ability of God is limited and restricted not by him, not by his willingness, but by our inability to believe and trust that he can move, that he will move, and that he wants to move. And so we must, just as Paul said, our faith must rest in the power of God. I want you to look here in Colossians 2 because this really, this really parallels this idea of having our faith rest in the wisdom of men or in the power of God. Look what it says here in verse 8. It says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human." thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. In verse 10 it goes on, so you also are complete through the union of Christ who is dead over every ruler and authority. I like what it says in the message translation. It says that his power extends over everything. The question is, is do you believe that his power extends over everything. We talked about this last week, that his power extends over struggle. We can be certain that God will help. His power extends over being unsure. He will give us wisdom. His power extends over noise. He can bring us peace. And his power extends over sin, Because he forgives and he frees. That's what we talked about last week. But my question to you today is, is have you been talked out of the promise of God? Or does what you believe rest solely in his word? Because if your faith rests in the power of God, no matter what you face, you can be certain in uncertain times. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's individual. It doesn't matter if it's in your family. It doesn't matter if it's in a workplace. It doesn't matter if it's in your business. No matter what you face, No matter how it may seem, no matter if it looks uncertain, you can be certain in uncertain times. You can go to him when you are uncertain and find the certainty that you need. And we see a very, very powerful illustration of this in in the nation of Israel and in the life of Joshua. You know, and, and uh, I think that many of you guys probably remember this story, but, you know, God had raised up Moses, right? He raised up Moses and he led the children of Israel uh, out of, of Egypt and uh, What's amazing is is that God had promised the promised land to the children of Israel 100 years earlier. And so he was working to move them. And, and, and so they get to this place and Moses sends out this tw- the 12 spies into the land to see what it looks like and see what it is that they would uh, come up against. And they came back after 40 days and this is what they said in Numbers 13. It says that their report to Moses was this. We entered the land that you sent us to and explored it. And it is indeed bountiful. And it's a land that flows with milk and honey. But the people that live there, they're powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. And we even saw the uh, giants there. The Amalekites live there. The Hittites live there. The Amorites live there. And the Canaanites live there. And so we can see here, guys, is that these spies come back after Moses had sent them in, and it's like there was great, they brought back a word of uncertainty. It was just complete uncertainty like that. It's like, okay, well, they're powerful. There's giants. The cities are fortified. And and they just began to bring uncertainty back to Moses and to the leaders and to the people of Israel. And so we can see that that there was Massive amounts of uncertainty. But look what it says here in verse 30, chapter 13. It says, Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let us go up at once and take the land, he said. We are certainly able to conquer it. So here we can see these spies and these people, man, they're going down the road of uncertainty. It's completely, they don't know what's going on and they don't know what's going to happen and everything looks like, it looks bad, but what does Caleb say? No, 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 no. no. We are completely able. We are certain. He was certain that God's power and ability would bring them through, bring them into a place that, that, that God had promised them. It goes on to say, but the men who had explored the land disagreed with him. You guys have anybody in your life that disagrees with your faith in God? Caleb did. We can't go up there against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread a bad report. Is there anybody in your life that's ever spread a bad report in your life? It hasn't changed. The Israelites were spreading a bad report. And the land that we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw there were huge. So what we see here is just more and more uncertainty, more and more uncertainty, disagreement, and, and, and just a bad report and words that just they just spoke uh, against everything that God had promised. And so we can see that, that um, it goes on to say here in verse 33 it says that we even saw giants there and the descendants of Anak, and next to them we felt like grasshoppers. And this is the point that I want you to get, and that's what. They thought too. So, in your notes, there, what I want you to understand is, is that in uncertain times will challenge what you think. Now, in your notes, it's all on one thing. I'll cover them all. Don't worry, we'll fill all the blanks. But uncertain times will challenge what you think. We can see firsthand right here. That, that Moses sends in these spies, and they come back, and they have a bad report. They're uncertain, they don't, they have no faith, no trust in God. They, they, they were looking at all of the circumstances and everything that, that, that was up against them, and that's what they based their faith in. Their faith rested in their own wisdom, or the wisdom of the other spies. and And so in uncertain times, that they lived in and certain times that we live in as believers, as you, you you know, determine in your heart to make sure that your faith rests in the promises of God, you will be challenged in your thinking. I can promise you that. And and, and we have to understand that 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 challenge is coming because when we know that the challenge is coming to our thinking, we're, we're ready for it. We're ready that it's like, okay, I know that my, ch- my thinking is gonna be challenged because why? The enemy is trying to move me from a place of certainty Right Where Caleb was, he was absolutely certain of what it was that God wanted to do to a place of uncertainty. And so we have to understand that our, cha- our thinking will be challenged. It goes on to say there in ver- uh, chapter 14 that the people rebelled. The whole community began weeping loudly and they cried all night long. Uh, it says that their voices rose and in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron, if only we had died in Egypt, or even in the wilderness they complained. How many of you guys have ever complained? Anybody in here? Nobody raised their hands. Look at not a soul. Not nobody raised their hands. Okay, one guy, my camera guy. Thank God for the honest camera guy. <laughs> they complained. And and, and so I, I want to show you this progression because because it started in their minds, right? It started in their thinking. And then the next thing you know, they began to complain and they began to say with their mouth. And, and, and so we see in your notes there that uncertain times will not only challenge your thinking, but it will challenge what you say. It will challenge how you're speaking. It will challenge how you're talking in life. It goes on to say in verse 3, why is the Lord taking us into this country only to have us to die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off. Let us choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. The whole generation, except for Joshua, Caleb, Moses, and Aaron, were uncertain. They were uncertain about everything. But there were only four guys, four guys out of this whole group. I was going to do the math on it, but I just decided I I didn't need to do that. There was, very, it was a very, very small percentage of people that were certain about what it was that God wanted to do and the promise that he had made. And so we see here is that uncertain times will challenge what we think, it will challenge what we say, But not only that, it will challenge what we do. Why, why do we see that? Because we see that they thought about it, they they began to think about what it was that they were facing, then they moved on to speaking about what it was that was going on, and then what did they do? They began to do something about what it was that they were thinking and saying, and they chose, hey, let's get rid of this leader. Let's let's go back to this place. And so we see this, this idea that it's in what we think and in what we say and what we do. Our certainty is based, very, there, it's, it's really kind of foundational that, that what we think about, what we say, and what we do will determine whether we are on one side where it's uncertain or we live our lives on another side where we walk and live a life it, predominantly in certainty of what it is that God can do. And so, I like what Joshua's response was to this time of uncertainty, because when we look at this story in the in the book of Numbers, really, this is kind of one path. Right. This is the path of failure. This is how it didn't work. This is this is the way that 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 God was using to illustrate to us. Don't go this way. But we see another path in the book of Joshua that's completely different. And, and, and the idea is it's, it's exactly the same. It was all in how they thought, it was all in what they said, and all in what they did. And, and, and so we can see firsthand here that he wants us to live a life of certainty, no matter what's going on, no matter what we face, no matter what's on the news, no matter what we have going on in our, in our marriage, in our families, in our bank accounts, no matter what's going on, he wants us to be certain. And if we follow the path of the Israelites and we go down there, you know, just look at that and study that. That'll show you how not to do it. But today, I want to, I with the r- remainder of our time, I just want to look at what, what Joshua did to help him to do it the right way. That even in the uncertainty, even in the questions, even in the challenges of a big city and lots of giants and, and challenges, Joshua remained certain. And we too can remain certain in these times. And look at what it says here in, uh, um, let's see, did we read that? Yeah, no, we're gonna read it again. Numbers 14, verse seven, it says that the land, this was Joshua's response in the uncertainty. It says the land that we passed through and explored is exceedingly good, right? So this is Joshua's response. So the spies come back, they're complaining, they're talking negative, they don't believe in God, and Joshua's like, no, 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 listen. It says if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into a land that's flowing with milk and honey, and he will. He will give it to us. Only do not rebel against God. Do not be afraid of the people in the land because we will devour them. We will. And so their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. I don't know about you, but that right there is a man that his confidence and his faith, it rests solely in the power and the ability and the promise of what it is that God said. And that is, you know, when I look at that example, that's how I want to be. That when I go through life and I walk through life, it's like I'm going to be certain. I want to be just like Joshua. That it's like my eyes don't get off. I don't go to the left. I don't go to the right. But I am solid and fixed in my, in my faith and in my trust in him. His faith was not based in the wisdom of men. It was solely based on the power and the promise of God. Joshua is saying it's a good land. He's given it to us. He said that, that you know, he's, he's telling the people, listen, he wants us to prosper. He wants us to have prosperity. He's giving it to us. But you know what the response was to that? Let's stone him. In, in his faith, in his, in his determination to believe God, all these people, these children, these friends, these family members, these, 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 they wanted to stone him. And, and that's, that's, that goes back to this whole idea that we will be challenged. We're going to be challenged in our thinking, and in what we say, and in what we do. We will be challenged, but he stood strong. He did not move. He did not waver. He continued to believe God. And, and um, when I look at this story, I think about, I can't help but think about just the times that we're living in. You know, we're around every single corner, there's just uncertainty. Every day you get up and you turn on the news or you look at social media, there's something else going on. And so what that does is, is, is if we're not careful, it's sowing seeds of uncertainty in our lives. And we have to be so careful to guard our heart from, from those things. You know, there's people that are, that, are, that are talking. They're talking about this. They're talking about what they've seen. They're talking about what the government's not doing. They're talking about what the president's doing and what he's not doing. And they're talking about what's going on overseas. The, I mean, the list is long. They're, gonna do, they're, they're disagreeing. They're doubting. I mean, I was, I was a, in town the other day and... I heard three people honk at other people in one parking lot in a matter of five minutes. I was thinking to myself, we are not at peace. We are not happy with another. We do not love one another. We do not, you know, prefer other, uh, one another. We, we pull in short and we honk at people when they back up. And, 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 and so we're in these times where there's consternation and there's, there's division and there's all of these things. And it's just, it brings uncertainty. And, and so the question is, is, is will you go the way of the Israelites or will you go the way of Joshua? In the times, I mean, because guys, we don't. The times that we live are no different than when they were living. It's just the, the 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 points are different. But there was uncertainty then. There's uncertainty now, and so we have a choice as to how we're going to live. How are we going to How are we going to navigate this? Are we going to Are we going to go the way of the Israelites? Because man, they did not pass the test. They didn't pass the test in their thinking. They didn't pass the test in their thinking, the, uh, saying and doing. They didn't pass the test. But we can. We can we can be like, no, man, we're going to be like Joshua. We're going we're to have the spirit of Joshua and Caleb in our lives. And we're going we're gonna to determine that we're going to watch our thoughts. We're going to watch what we say. We're going to watch what we do. And, and then what we're going to watch is, is we're going to watch God work in our lives. Because I think that in, in, in life and in the times that we live, it's like we look at what's going on and we don't see God in it. And so we, our, our faith is nowhere to be found. We don't know that he can, he can prosper us, he can bless us, he can help us, he can encourage us, he can work. Even when it doesn't look like it's working, he can, and he will. And so we have, we have a, 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 a determination to make. Are we gonna go the way of the Israelites? Or are we gonna go the way of Joshua? Uh, you know. And what's really cool about this is, is that the story doesn't end there. There was the path of failure, and then, and then there's the path of success. And it says in Joshua, in the book of Joshua, in the first chapter, and, and we won't read the whole thing, but you guys remember what happened is, is that it opens up, and God basically is saying uh, uh, to Joshua, Okay, Joshua, Moses is dead. And uh, that leader is gone, and now I'm making you the leader. And and he he reinstilled the promises that had always been into the life of Joshua. He said, listen, wherever your foot goes, I'm giving you the land. No one will stand against you. I will be with you. You will not fail. I will not abandon you. All you have to do is be strong and be courageous. Do not turn to the left or the right. And then we pick it up here in verse eight of chapter one, and it says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Notice lips, meditate, notice meditate on it day and night so that you are careful to do, notice do, everything that is written in it, then you will prosper, notice prosper, And be successful. I'm sure that Joshua and the rest of the people of Israel were faced with uncertainty even at that point. They had been, I mean, can you put your, I mean, if you just put yourself in the boots of Joshua, right? He was certain 40 years before that. He's like, listen, I'm, 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 God, how could you, how could you put me with all of these people that don't trust and believe in you? You promised us this and we are well able. Let us go up at once and do it. And, and God basically got upset with the children of Israel, got mad at them, wanted to kill them. And, and, and he basically said, okay, if that's how you want to think that, if that's what you want to say, and that's what you want to do, you are confined to the wilderness for 40 years. And so they walked around. I mean to tell you, if I were Joshua, I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I would have a bad attitude. Is there anybody else in here that would have a bad attitude? I mean, that would, that would be grounds for really questioning God. I mean, you know, let's just be honest. It's like, Lord, you told me to believe in you. I believed in you. I stood up for you. I, 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 I fought. And this is what I get is 40 years out here with these people (laughs) so here he is he's he's on the river bank getting ready to go into the promised land and moses is dead i mean put yourself in joshua's position here he is the the leader that has been leading them out of egypt and god's been speaking through he he's 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 that's been it And now all of a sudden, Joshua is the man that everybody's looking at. Can you think in your mind, if you're the person that's leading that, I guarantee you that there was a temptation by Joshua to be uncertain about his leadership. I guarantee you that there was a temptation for Joshua to be uncertain that, is this really going to work? Because man, we failed this the last time and we wandered around for 40 years. You know, you never know, man. We might wade across this river here and get eaten by alligators. You just never know. I mean, I guarantee you, he's human. All of us that are in here deal with this, these ideas of uncertainty, uh, you know, no matter what it is, in our lives, there, it's different for every one of us. And I guarantee you that he faced that. But he didn't stay there. He didn't stay in the uncertainty he went through it. And what we see here in this verse of Scripture in chapter 8, it, it, it parallels what we just read in Numbers 13 and 14 about what we think, what we say, and what we do. What we think, what we say, and what we do. And so in your notes there, we need to be certain of this one thing. This one thing. And I'm going I'm to take them out of order, and I know some of you guys are going to be like, well, you're taking it out of context. No, I'm not. I'm just reordering it. One thing that God said was to meditate on the book of the law. Meditate on God's word, what? Day and night. So my question to you is, is what is it that you spend your days and nights thinking about? News, people, what they're saying to you, what they didn't say to you, what they did to you. The family situation, the marriage situation, the problem in your business. What are you spending your days and nights meditating on? The stock market, problems that you're facing. What is it? For every one of us, it's different. But, but what did Joshua, what was he told? To meditate on the word of God day and night. We're still talking about remaining certain. If we wanna remain certain, we have to watch what it is that we're meditating on. Because number one in your notes is, you can be certain that where your mind goes, your life will follow. It will. Whether it's negatively, and, and, and looking at all of the negative things in life, that is the direction that your life will go. We saw it, we looked at it firsthand. The children of Israel, man, they came back, they, re- they listened to the report, they began to think about it, they began to talk about it, they began to do things about it, and that's the, the way their life went. They walked around out in the wilderness for 40 years. And our lives will be the same way if we do not watch what it is that we're thinking. We will wander around on this earth for 80 years Not fulfilling what it is that God called us, each and every one of us, and as a body of believers to do. I don't want to be a church that's like the children of Israel, wandering out around in the middle of southwest Iowa. Do you? No. I want to be a church that's influencing, helping, encouraging, welcoming, just, just bringing people in, man, so that they can understand the love of God and be set free from bondage and, and sin and, 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 and be, live a life that's free. That's what I want. But here's the deal. As a body, as a, as a family, as an individuals, we can't do that if we're not watching what we think. Because if our thinking is not aligned with the word of God, it will follow the course that the Israelites took. And Romans 8, 5, 5 says it this way. It says, for those that live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. I'm going to let that sink in. But those that live according to the spirit, set their mind on the things of the spirit. For to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. Do you have life? Do you have peace in your life? Because if you don't have life and you don't have peace, maybe you ought to think about what it is that you're setting your mind on. Do you set your mind and and your life on the flesh? What is that? The flesh is just what you want. It's what you always want. It's what I gotta have. It's the selfish nature. That is the flesh. And if you set your life on that, day in and day out, you're not going to have the second part of that verse. You're not going to have life, and you're not going to have peace. But he said, Paul said, if we set our life and our mind on the spirit of life, we will have life, and we will have peace. And Romans 12 this is how we fix it. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this uh, world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Guess what? If you don't renew your mind, you will be transformed to this world. Day in and day out, you, you do this, you watch that, you, you talk to these people, you, you are being transformed to this world. But I'm here today to tell you that when you make a decision, you, you, can, you can set your mind on the spirit all you want. You can, you can will, will it, but if you're not renewing your mind, you're going out and you're being conformed to this world. And he's saying the only way to fix it, the only way to set your mind on the spirit is to what? Renew your mind and allow the word of God to transform you each and every single day. Because a mind set on the spirit leads to life and peace, as we said. Look at what it says in Isaiah 26 and 3. It says... You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Guess what? That is a daily discipline that you and I make to be in perfect peace because we're going to his word and looking at his word and we're looking at how it applies to our life. If I'm not there, if I'm not in that place where I'm looking and meditating on his word, he can't help me. He can't show me what it is that I need to change. And so we need to be certain that wherever our mind goes, there our life will follow. Another thing that we see here is this. And that is, is that God said was to keep the book of the law always on your lips so what, did, what does that mean? Always on your lips means is that he told Joshua to speak the word always, to speak the word always. And so my question to you today is, is not only what is it, are you thinking? Because a lot of these things, and, and this is the reason I put them in this order, because it's a progression. It, and we saw it when we looked at numbers 13, uh, numbers 13 and 14, the progression was it starts up here. And, and the more that you think about it, eventually it's going to come out here, right? And then the biggest gap is really what we do. It's just continually thinking, 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 and then we talk it, we speak it, then we begin to believe it, and then we begin to walk it out in our lives. And so that's the reason that I put it in this order. But we can be certain of this, that, that uh, your mouth brings life and it brings death. And so my question is, is what is it that you're talking about? What is it that's coming out of your mouth? Are you talking about how bad it is? Are you talking about what is, what's been wrong? Are you talking about the job that is terrible? Are you talking about, uh, um, um, you know, the, the, the spouse that you're married to, that they're the problem? What is it that you're talking about? Because, because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So you can know, You can identify and, and know your position and what it is that you believe. Whether your faith and your trust rests in the wisdom of men, or whether your faith and your trust rests in the wisdom of God by what's coming out of your mouth. Because it determines what you believe. It's like, oh, they can never change. Oh, that situation will never happen. That, that, this, this is just the way it's been forever and that's, well, guess what? Your mouth is, is, is telling the story of what it is that you believe. It's, it's, it's telling everything that you need to know. And so you have to what? Go back to what we just got done talking about, and that is in Romans 12 2, 12 to renew your mind. Because as you renew your mind, then your, your thinking changes, and then your speaking begins to change. And look at what it says here in Proverbs 8.21. 18.21, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your tongue and your mouth has power, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs thirteen three says, Whoever guards his mouth will preserve his life. He who opens up wide his lips comes to ruin. You guys need an illustration of that? Is there any men in here that you have opened up your mouth to your ruin? To your wife? I have multiple times in my marriage. I did it here recently, uh, not with my wife, but actually with our small group leader. And uh, I opened up my mouth to my ruin, and I said, I said, uh, you know, how many of you guys, yeah, let's not go there. Well, no, no, we'll go there. So how many of you guys in here that that, that you don't think that soup is the main meal? Am I the only one in here that thinks that soup is not the main meal? Right, okay, so if there's not a sandwich or a piece of meat involved, right? It's not, soup's not the main meal, right? So I was having this conversation a few weeks ago down in the hall by the youth room, right? And me and, Toadie, you were there. Zach Toadie was there. And he's the reason that, that I fell into this trap. <laughs> is that he didn't help me. And so we're discussing, you know, the fact that soup alone is not a main meal, right? And he agreed with me. Now, he was nowhere to be found when I, the ruin, came on my life, nowhere. And so, we leave, we go our separate ways, we show up for a small group. I walk in the door, guess what's on the counter for supper? Soup. Now, Ginny Burt's not even in here to defend herself, but I felt about this small. Why? Because Jenny Burt had, she had just slaved away all afternoon working and making these, you know, making these soups and things like that. And I, like, and I just couldn't believe it that Zach didn't, he, he didn't help me at all on the deal. But it brought ruin to my life because of the words that came out of my mouth. Because I show up and it's like, that's what we're having now. Thankfully, Jenny, you know, she's so loving and so kind. She threw, like, these meatballs into the soup. And I said, automatically, it qualifies as a meal. (laughs) Excuse me, and out of guilt and condemnation that was heaped on me, and Dodie was nowhere to be found, I ate four bowls. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody said, well, how many meatballs do you think you ate, Brian? And he said, somebody said, "You you probably ate 50. I'm like, no, I can assure you I ate 30. 30 little ones. They're just bite sized. No big deal. Okay, so anyway. You got to guard your mouth. You got to guard your mouth because it preserves your life. James 3, I don't want to read the whole thing, but you guys know what James talks about it talks about the tongue. And how it's, it's, it's like a bit and a bridle in, in a horse's mouth. It steers the, the horse, right? The rudder of a ship is likened unto our tongue. It will steer our life into a way of blessing or into a, a, a life of curse by the words that are coming out of our mouth. And if you want want change in your job, if you want change in your family, if you want change in your marriage, it starts with your mouth. You gotta, it's saying, listen, you can either bring life to that marriage or you can bring death to that marriage. You can either bring life to that child that is wayward or you can bring death to that child. It's, 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 it's all in your tongue. It's kind of like in Mark eleven twenty three. 23, remember Jesus was walking and, and, and he, in the verses earlier, he had cursed the fig tree. And the disciples are like, man, that's weird, he's talking to a tree. And later on, he says in verse 23, it says, for assuredly, I say unto you that whoever says to the mountain, okay, he's explaining to the guys, this is why I did what I did when I cursed that tree. He said, if you say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe those things which you say it will be done, you'll have whatever you say. Now, I, 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 listen, I've been, in this, I've been in this all my life. I grew up in the church, i go gone to all the church conferences, and I've heard it all. And people call us the blab it, grab it bunch, right? That we're going to just, just speak these things into existence. And, I, and I'll tell you that if you don't blab it, you're not going to grab it. You're not going to have it in your life. Because listen, this isn't about grabbing stuff, okay? This, that's not what it's about. It's about life or death. And if you don't want to believe it, you, you, a lot of what your life is a result of what it is that's been coming out of your mouth. There's tons of scriptures on it. It talks about setting a guard. It talks about giving an account. It talks about that we're supposed to be slow to speak. I like what it says here in Psalms 19, verse 14. It says, let the words of my mouth, this is David, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord. Did we not just talk about that? Our mind? and our mouth, our mind and our mouth. David's saying, Lord, let my mind, what it is that I think about and what it is that I say, be acceptable in your sight. Each and every day, we should be saying just what David said, Lord, let my mind and what I think about and what it is that I speak be acceptable in your sight. So we need to understand and know and be certain that our mouth will bring life or it will bring death. Where our mind goes, the man follows. Our mouth brings life or death. The third thing is this that we see, that we need to be careful to do. Be careful to do God's word. And in your notes, be certain that what you do determines if you win or lose. James 1 verse 22 says, to be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like a man who looks intently into the natural face of a mirror and when I think about this uh, not being a doer that's exactly what we saw in numbers 13 and 14 the Israelites man what did they do they those spies they begin to spread a bad report They began to do what it was that they thought about. They began to do what it is that they said, and they spread a bad report throughout all of the children of Israel. Galatians 6, 9 says this, and let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. And I know sometimes, guys, that it's like, you know, it can be hard. It's like, well, I've been, I've been doing this. I've been watching my mind. I've been watching what I say. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting in the power of God. I'm not putting my wisdom in man. But where is the answer, Brian? Why don't I see it? Well, I'm here today to tell you, I don't know that. Joshua, man, he walked around out in the wilderness for 30, 39, 40 years. And I guarantee you, he was asking the Lord, where are you, Lord? But Galatians tells us to not grow weary. We will reap. It's this continual discipline of watching what we think, watching what we speak, and doing what it is that we know to do. And the last thing that we see is, is this, that God tells Joshua is that he would prosper and be successful. He told him that. Remember that in Joshua 1.8? It says, let me find it here. You know what he said. He said, keep it, in, keep, it in your, uh, keep it in your mind, keep it on your lips, do it. And he went on to say that I will prosper you and I will bless you. And so we can be certain that prosperity comes from what we think, say, and do. We can be, be certain of that. Numbers 14 8 says this, that if, if it was the Lord, the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into a land and give it to us. It's a rich land of flowing with milk and honey. I think the thing is, guys, is that it's, it's kind of like Matthew um, six twenty four says. It says this, that no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You can't do it. And I think that that's, the, different, that's, that's the, the point of differentiation between the children of Israel and these great leaders that we see in the Bible, right? With Joshua and Caleb, it's like, they weren't concerned about the money. They weren't concerned about the prosperity. They weren't, that's not where their focus was. It wasn't on what, on, on, on what they were gonna get out of the deal. And I think that in in life that that's the trap that we fall into is is that we look at what's going on around, maybe we look at what's in our bank account, we may look at what we're we're not what, what we don't have and what somebody else has, and we, we we get our eyes on that, and money becomes the master. But I'm here today to tell you that that when we watch what we think and we watch what we say and we watch what we do, and we focus on him, man, all the other things will be added unto us. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Matthew 6, that says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added unto me. And so when I'm tempted and, I'm, I, 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 you know, and the devil's trying to set that trap for me to move my, my allegiance or, or what I worship to money and things and stuff like that, I, I, I arrest myself. No, 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 no. Seek first the kingdom of God. Do what he, you know, seek first his kingdom, and all these other things will be added unto me. And so, you know, as we, as we bring this to a close, my encouragement to you today is, is I know it's simple. These are just simple, simple, a simple lesson on what we think, what we say, and what we do. But what we have to, we really have to do like an internal inventory in our lives. Because if we're struggling and and we're uncertain and we're unsure and we don't know what to do and we're over on that side, we don't have peace and and we don't have an answer and we we don't know where God is. I tell you what, in just a few little minor adjustments, we can move our life from a life of of being uncertain to a life that, man, I'm just certain of this. I'm, I'm certain that God will provide. I'm certain that he does care for me. I'm certain that just as he said he would prosper uh, uh, Joshua and the children of Israel, he wants to prosper me and he wants to help me. And, and we move our, our, our faith and what our faith rests in, it moves from the wisdom of man and what we see to knowing that man, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know for sure and I am certain that God will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He's there for me. He's there to forgive me. He's there to help me. He's there. And so my encouragement to you today is, is maybe, maybe you're cruising for, through life and things great. I'm good. I don't care what's going on around me. That's great. Thank God for it. But there are those of us in here that it's like, the, the devil might be working on you overtime, trying to get you to move from that place of peace and that place of, of peace to that place of uncertainty, that place of unrest. But I'm here today to tell you, man, that God God is He's for you. He wants to help you. He wants to move you from, from that place of struggle, that place of, of consternation to the place of peace. And you can do that by just making some adjustments in your thinking and your saying and what you're doing. And the result is, man, he's just gonna prosper you. You don't have to worry about the stuff because, man, I'm just gonna focus on what he told me to do I'm going to t- focus on what he told me to think about. I'm going to focus on what he told me to say. And he's going to prosper in my life. So let's pray and then we'll uh, sing one last song and just commit it to him. Father, we just come before you today. We're so grateful for your word. Father, we know it's your word that, that sets us free. We know it's your word that changes us. You know We know it's your word that encourages us. It's your word that is there for us. And Father, today... We just thank you, Father, for helping each and every one of us, strengthening each and every one of us with might by your spirit in our inward man to watch what we think, to watch what we say, and to watch what we do. We know, Father God, that the result of that will be a life that's prosperous in every area, prosperous in our families, prosperous in our life, prosperous in our marriages, prosperous in our church, Father. And we thank you, Father, that as we do that in these, in these days ahead, that we will be prosperous. And so, Father, today, just as we close, if there's anybody that's in here that, that maybe just needs to uh, uh, rededicate their life to you, if they've, they've gotten away, we want to give a, everyone that opportunity. If you're that person and you're in here and you consider yourself to be far from God and, and, and you've walked away from him, today is your day to recommit your life. Is there, just by just slipping up your hand, is there anybody that's in here just slip up your hand real quick and then just put it back right back down. Is everybody in here? Anybody at all? And then finally, if there's anybody in here that, has, that, does, that you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to make a commitment to him. Today is that day. Is there anybody that's in here? Anybody at all? All right, all right. Well, Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, Father God, for the word that's been sown into our lives. We thank you for the word and the seed that has been watered, Father. And we know, Lord, that you give us the increase. We thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen.